Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is a special broadcast. Special is an understatement for this broadcast. I am uh, doing this broadcast live from Memorial Stadium in Seattle, webcast everywhere on the planet. And we are beginning the ceremonies of today. There are webcasts being submitted from people all over the globe. They're on a giant screen, and people are in the stadium. There's music. There are messages of love. And there are transformative energies in the air. My very special guest, Dr. John Martini, is someone that knows a ton about transformative energies. He is a human behavior specialist, but more importantly to me, he is a friend, he is a colleague, and he has an incredible gift to help people break through their life's questions and challenges. He's joining me here today, taking time out of his day from South Africa and the incredible work that he is doing, which I hope you'll hear about. Every time I've had him on the phone, he's pretty much had me close to tears. And today, especially on September 11th, 2011, the 10-year anniversary, as some people are calling it, of the tragedy that happened in 2001. Today, I get to talk with him about being a master of your destiny and not a victim of your history. Dr. John, Dr. Martini, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You know, there's 10 years have passed, and as you can imagine on the television screen here where we are and just about every channel, we keep seeing the images over and over and over again. And 10 years have passed, and fear is still in the air, probably more prevalent than it's ever been. How do we shift from that fear, from that level of victimization? Well, I always say that it's never what happens to us. It's how we perceive it, interpret it, and what we decide to do with it and act in our lives. So I believe that if we stop, every event has two sides. There's a, you can always find things that, that uh, are tragic, but you can also find things that are magic. And if you take the time to look for the other, it's always present in, your, in front of you. So I always say stop and reflect and transform the stars, the scars into stars, the crisis into blessings, and find out how it serves, how it will be benefit, how it, what can you do it. I just received an email just a few moments ago um, from a lady who looked back and wrote all the things that she's gotten to do since 9-11 and all the blessings that came out of it. And um, she started to be close to her her members in her community, started talking to people, became friends, started having meetings, uh, help each other. There was a community that occurred from 9-11 that is sustained now for a decade. She ended up uh, getting involved in charity functions that she didn't do before. Uh, we stop and look and count our blessings and what has happened. We transform the crisis into blessings. I always say that if we stop and reflect on the things we're grateful for on a daily basis, we receive more to be grateful for. And I believe that 9-11 is a catalyst, and, and it is a catalyst for us to unite, to have a bigger cause, uh, and contribute to the world on a bigger level. And I think now the ceremonies that are happening today are a classical example of the possibilities. There's been a transformation in the ground zero, and there's a transformation in people's lives. And it's, we, if we don't focus on the flowers, we're going to keep pulling weeds. If we don't fill our mind with things that inspire us, it will keep filling up with things that despise us. So the key is to stop, reflect, think about what we have gained, what we can do, what opportunities, and, and, and focus on how we can be of service to people. 
This is what 9-11 is a catalyst for the world to, to be able to see. You know, someone said to me yesterday, we did uh, uh, 10 hours of live broadcasting with three-minute breaks in between the interview. Just enough time, John, to run to the restroom, as you know, because I know that's where you operate sometimes. Um, and <laughs> someone said to me, said, ask Dean Martini a question. And I said, okay. And I guess you must know, you must know this person. Ask Dean Martini what happened to Hope. And I, and I love this question because you are across the world, and you get to see hope and despair in people's eyes. But there seems to be this notion that we are living now in a hopeless society. I don't know if that's true, but what, what is your sense of it, John? Well, I don't, I don't believe that hope is the answer. I believe that actually looking and identifying what the challenge is and actually identifying specific benefits, specific actions that can transform it, and specific um, opportunities that are there, it doesn't require hope. It requires a specific focus on what we can now do. And when we do, if we get focused on true actions that make us change, it's not about hope. It's about action. And I, mm-hmm. it's about looking at what blessings are there. We don't have to wait for hope and hope for there's going to be blessings. The blessings are already there. There is no Christ without a blessing. Every experience is like a magnet. There's two sides to it. It's not someday we'll get the blessings. It's right there on the spot. So it's not about hoping in the future. It's about looking right now in the present, identifying the opportunities and the blessings, and taking action. Let's talk about the present moment right now. You know, I'm sitting here at Memorial Stadium. It's a stadium in Seattle. And the technology that has shown up is webcasting the series of events. I'll be doing a segment on radical forgiveness later with the 2011 Heroes of Forgiveness. Um, And um, this is the present moment. It started, John, with a dream from a Seattle firefighter. He has funded this entire weekend full of free events. Everything is free with his life savings. He was asked the question a few years ago. He was asked if he loved himself after drinking, gaining weight, and that question changed his life. Now, what do you say about that extraordinary act from a very, as he would say, ordinary man? Well, apparently this event touched him deeply in his heart and touched his heart strings. And obviously the people that were impacted, he probably knew some of those people directly. And in the process of doing it, he felt that, you know, everybody wants to make a difference. When I ask people across the world and in, in audiences, Everybody truly wants to make a difference and make, uh, you know, make a contribution. This man acted. He took what it was inside him that he wanted to do, and he just took the time to act. And there's no way you can do that and do an inspiring act without being rewarded and having a moment of fulfillment. I'm sure that he will be blessed not only with return on his investment of time and energy and money, but the satisfaction and fulfillment of watching people's lives be impacted by this event. But I think that by doing so, he will be able to sleep at night. But if you do something that serves people and makes a difference and contributes to the world, we sleep more beautifully and we attract more magnificent opportunities to do even greater great great actions. So I think that this man is probably going to catalyze himself to even greater contribution by doing so because he's wise in his action. You are you're in South Africa right now. And I'm so struck by, first of all, I thank you for taking the time. But you're in a place where I've heard terms like corrective rape and other things. And I wanted to ask you, John, 
when you look at and you are in that culture today, you know, what are you in service of? Well, what I do, Pat, as I travel the world, is I have a publicist <clears throat> that, excuse me, <clears throat> that looks into the news, looks into the media, uh, looks into the magazines, and finds what are the common needs at that time each time I come there. And we try to find uh, things that are going on in the society that are needs. It may be uh, economic concerns. It may be educational concerns. It may be prison concerns. Uh, it may be uh, energy resource concerns, uh, entrepreneurial development concerns. But well, whatever is the needs, we try to create educational opportunities and educational uh, programs, or we try to do services of some form to fill those needs. And so in every country I do, um, I do what I can to do those needs in between all the programs that I provide, and we try to target that. Right now, uh, we're doing a program called Powerful Business Insights because entrepreneurs are needing everything they can to stimulate even more business opportunities for themselves. And we're also doing things on dealing with bullying because bullying has been a big issue. And we're also doing things with transformation and uh, helping people see things. I was just recently in Christ Church at the Earthquake Zone, and uh, we did programs on earthquake. Hundreds of people came out to assist them in seeing things in a new way so they could take it and make it opportunity because many people have lost everything they own. And so in the process of doing that, we try to fill the needs. Because if we fill the needs, we have fulfillment and we make a difference. And that's what it's about. That's what uh, inspires myself and the people in, in the Martini Institute. So we try to do that wherever we go, whatever country I'm in. And I, as you know, I full-time travel, so... Whatever country I happen to be in, we try to fill those needs. And I'm an educator, so I try to inspire with insights on how they can transform their lives and help them move forward again through these challenges. Uh, John, you know, one of the things that we are talking about today is being a master of our destiny. What is the greatest opportunity we have to do that, and what are some of the challenges or obstacles that we face? Well, everybody lives their life by a set of priorities, a set of values, things that are most important to least important. Identifying what really truly is most important, which the ancient Greeks called the telos, the chief aim, the purpose in life, and ask whatever has happened to me today, no matter whether it's crisis, whether it's blessing, supportive or challenging, kind or cruel, uh, no matter what it is, it's wise to ask how is it helping me fulfill what's most meaningful to me. And don't think it doesn't. Don't say, well, I don't know. Don't give up. Find how it serves. If you can do that, you'll see that everything is on the way, not in the way. And you'll accumulate things to be grateful for instead of be hurtful for. And if you can look back and see that everything is something on the way, you'll become a master of your destiny because you'll start to be appreciative and see that everything is actually helping you and not hindering you. If not, you're going to be the victim of your history and run the story instead of making history. And it's important to stop and ask every day, how is whatever's happening to me helping me fulfill my mission on earth? If you do that, it's one of the greatest exercises you can do each day. And document it and write it down. I do it every day. Write it down and accumulate the things you can be grateful for and watch how your life will unfold with ever greater possibilities. John, you know, that is such a powerful, powerful message. One of the things that has happened here, and you know a lot about this because uh, – you know what it's like to put a message out into the world and then have people react to it. I happened to put a message, a Facebook message, I think, on a number of sites, your site as well. I would have put it on Marianne Williamson's site. And the first response that came back when I posted 
talked about this event to shift from fear to love was how can we be in a place of love around an incident in history that was born out of hate? And then a dialogue began, and it was a beautiful dialogue. But we have been asked that question over and over and over again here. And the question comes up, you know, what makes you people think that you are the people to tell us to create this shift? And I thought I would save that comment to you, John, because I know that uh, you're familiar with this kind of backlash. Well, it's interesting. Um, obviously, when people's values are challenged, they react that way. But my experience is, uh, as Albert Einstein said, the greatest teacher, the greatest teaching is exemplification. If we're living an inspired life and doing something extraordinary with our own life and making a contribution to humanity with our own inspiration and doing something that truly serves, then we have the ability to share that with other people and do that. Some people have been wounded by their past and they're upset and they want to blame. And as a result of it, they actually can benefit by being around people that see things from new perspectives. They may ridicule it first, but eventually they will transform and actually look back and say thank you. So it's just, that's normal. I, I always say if you're not being ridiculed, you're probably not on purpose. That's part of the game. That's part of the, the journey. But I think that uh, if we go through our lives and we live an inspired life and find a way of being grateful for what things are doing and just keep serving, eventually, even if we get rebuttals from people, it works. And I found that. I When I was in school and, and, and professional school, I had my tire slid, had my windows broken out, I had my antenna ripped off, I had my place because I ended up doing the best in school. I had the best grades, and I messed up the curves, and it made it where some people didn't pass their test, and they wanted me out. They wanted me off the grades. Later, the very same people were in my seminars, and we were hugging, and they said, you pushed us to new levels. It was beyond our comfort zones. We couldn't see the opportunities. You pushed us and made it possible. Sometimes that's what happens later in life. So you've got to be willing to hold on to long-term vision and not let immediate gratification or immediate reactions from people stop you from a great cause. I think it was many teachers, including Gandhi and Schopenhauer and others, said at first you're ridiculed, then you're violently opposed, and then your, your wisdom becomes self-evident. So you can't let somebody on the outside dictate what inspires you from the inside if you know you're dedicated to service. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you and I have gone down the road of having many, many experiences. We certainly know what it's like to be dealt with life's tragedies, uh, first and foremost, in our faces. You know, today, there's going to be a moment of love, but there's also going to be a moment of forgiveness. And um, there have been many comments and questions that have come in over the webcast uh, over the past couple of days around forgiveness. And 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 the question that gets raised is, you know, why do we have to forgive? What is, the, you know, why do we have to step into that place of forgiveness? Why is there so much emphasis on it? And I wanted to ask you that question, John. Well, Pat, I don't, I'm not a guy that does the forgiveness thing. I, 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 the only time I use forgiveness is when I say thank you for giving me this experience. There you go. And, and I, I always there say that I, when, when I see people forgiving, I, I see something incomplete. Because I, I think that they're assuming that there's something that's a drawback without a benefit, a loss without a gain, a negative without a positive, and they're making the assumption that there's not a blessing in the, originally right there in the moment. I always say it's wiser to go back and look at what is the other side of the equation, balance the equation, and find something to be thankful for. 
I think that thankfulness is more healing than going around and saying, I forgive you, because that's assuming that there's something to forgive in the first place. But that's my feeling about it. I, I work with people that have been through every imaginable crisis. I mean, rapes and incest and deaths and loss of family members and loss of limbs and cancers and all kind of things. When we stop and start counting the blessings and looking at what is the other side of the equation, every case we can find it. And when they're done, they're in a state of thanks and love. I know that sounds outrageous, but it's so true. And that is what's healing. Going around and assuming that there was something in the in the first place that's not something to be thankful for. There is a lot of blessings that came out of 9-11. And there's a lot of opportunities that are making a difference in the world. And, we're, and we have to be grateful for that. I mean, what we don't sometimes pay attention to is in 9-11, the month that it occurred, the amount of deaths that went on in 9-11 on that month were the same as the month before and the same as the month afterwards because all the normal ways in which people die stopped. The traffic fatality stopped. The overdoses stopped. There's a lot of changes that occur, but we don't pay attention to that. The demolitions that went on in, in, uh, in New York City that month stopped. Normally there was demolitions and buildings were torn down. It stopped. There, We have to look at the whole factor, and if we do, we end up seeing things in a new light. And I always say, instead of forgiveness, I say thank you. And thank you for giving me this experience and making us tougher and grow, and new creative activities are there. So I'm not saying that I, I don't think we need to forgive. I think we need to just say thank you for the new growth for America and for the world. And that's my feeling about it. I think there's a way of transcending that, that a judgment. I love that because there is no question about what being thankful is about. There is really no controversy around it. And, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the events of 2001 for me, you know, took me in a completely different path in my life. Uh, I, I, I can't thank, you know, the emotional impact it had on me. Instead of being some big corporate consultant, I'm doing what I'm sitting here doing with you today. That would have never happened. I would have never taken a moment I, to reflect, John. I think that's the wisest attitude. Uh, I was flying from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia, on my way to Perth, Australia, when 9-11 occurred. I was in midair. And it went through the, the cabin of the, the aircraft, and, it, and we found out about it. We couldn't believe it until we landed and we saw it. What's interesting is on that, I, I got to the Qantas Club Lounge when I landed, and I sat there on a friggin' napkin, and I wrote down 150 benefits, because I knew my students from around the world were going to be asking me, so what's the benefits of this? I wrote down 150 benefits, and I published it in a book called The Gratitude Effect. And what's interesting is, if you go back and read that, I did it on that day, the very day it occurred. I published that. And now, 10 years later, if you read that in my book, you'll see that every one of the things that I said to be grateful for are all true. And that was before they even occurred. So it's there. We just got to look. And we don't take the time to look. We sit there and get wounded by our history instead of inspired by our destiny. And it's important to stop and look at any moment we've had a challenge. I had an, a guy the other day that came in and lost $158 million in a hedge fund deal that he was involved in, and he was devastated. I sat with him for 41 minutes and asked him, so what's the gain? And he looked at me with a blank stare. I said, what's the gain? What's happened? He said, I've gotten closer to my family, and I was considering a divorce beforehand because I was cocky. I've got closer to my kids. I know them now. I've now decided I'm going to start a new business. If I go in the direction I do, I will finally own the entire company instead of working for somebody. 
and it could be a multi-billion dollar company. We started looking at all the blessings. When he did, he got tears in his eyes. He said, this isn't a crisis. This is an opportunity. I said, exactly. It's always there. And every crisis, no matter how the magnitude, has an equal and opposite blessing. That's the key. Don't stop until we find it. We must honor ourselves and the world by seeing both sides instead of sitting there and becoming victims of our history all our life. You know, John, I, I, I read a book here recently by a guy named Manly P. Hall. Many people don't know who he is. And, you know, I, I remember reading the first page of the book where he says, Sorrow, suffering, loneliness are the greater, greatest builders of characters. Character. He said, we never become truly great unless our heart is broken. And, and he talks about that as the supreme test, that we get deepened by our experience in life triumphantly from the ruins of our dreams. Is that in fact? Well, I agree. But. I, I, you know, Manly P. Hall is an inspired man. He wrote the secret teachings throughout the ages there, and all ages, and an amazing writer, amazing researcher, and I agree with that. I always say the more down and out you've been, the more up and in you're capable of going and destined to go. And I think that it's wise. You know, I, I define fear as an assumption that you're about to experience through your senses or imagination in the future more pain and pleasure, more loss and gain, more negative and than, than positive, more challenge and support, more disadvantage and advantage, and more risk and reward. But love is when you see both sides. True love is not just a happy side. It's both sides. When you embrace the support and the challenge, the kind and the cruel, the two sides of life openly. Fear is when we assume one side. Love is when we see both sides and embrace both sides of the magnet of life and have the magnetism to attract the opportunities that we dream. I so love what you are doing, John. And, you know, that is, uh, Manly P. Hall is, uh, you know, this came from the, the from his book, uh, The Way of the Lonely Ones. Interesting title, don't you think? Well, I think that he was, it, it, he, I don't think he was a lonely man. I think he no. was an inspired man by yeah. his writings. But I think he was talking about, as you go up in your conscious evolution and awareness, you associate with fewer and fewer people as, as Milton was asked, his wife was asked when Milton passed away, you know, how, how was he? Was he a lonely man, Milton? He says, no. He danced with the stars and communicated with the stars in the Milky Way. And I believe that a person who rises up in awareness and has a greater influence, a greater sphere of awareness and influence, they end up associating with maybe fewer in conscious, fewer in, in the number, but much greater in consciousness. I call it the path of the oneness, not the loneliness. It is, and, you know, both of us, I think, have know what it's like to be in a place of sorrow, suffering, and loneliness. John, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today and would love for you to give out your website to let people know how they can find out more about you, get copies of your books. Well, my website is simply drdmartini.com, D-R-D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. Just look up my name, Dmartini, and you'll, it'll lead you there. And, and on there is just a plethora of information that can help people transform crisis into blessing and do exactly what you're working with today. And I really believe that, Pat, because of your inspiration, because of your dedication, because of your vision, millions of people will be able to see light at the end of their tunnel. And I believe that America can now be a beacon if it goes and sees and starts from a state of gratitude and transform 9-11 into opportunities. And so what we're doing today, I think, is such an important thing. 
Thank you so much for making that difference. Thank you, John. John Martini, everyone. And uh, please visit his website uh, and much more. John, I can't thank you. Uh, I can't thank you enough. And many blessings to you. Thank you so much. Love and wisdom. John Martini, everyone. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, amazing individual. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. We're going to take a short break right now, and we'll be right back with more of the Dr. Pat Show. But more importantly, you're going to get to hear some incredible hosts on Transformation Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Hearts Radio, a fourth-generation medium and inspirational speaker. After the unexpected loss of my infant daughter, I experienced firsthand grief and loss and was quickly faced with a choice. I chose forgiveness. Here is one quick tool that I want to share with you today. If there is someone in your life that you have been hurt by or hold painful memories of, here is a safe and healing way to let it go. Get a piece of paper and write a letter to that person. Address those fears. Let it rip. Let all the emotions and tears flow. When you're done, sign it and take it outside and safely burn it. Forgive and let it go. By embracing forgiveness, you will find more peace, gratitude, and joy in your life. I hope this information has served you. To learn more about me, visit ElizabethCookson.com. Elizabeth Hickson, sending you blessings and love. Hi, my name is Dan Hanneman from www.spiritualrockstar.com. I'm so grateful to be a part of this time where so many people like myself are stepping into a new energy, facing our financial fears, facing all our fears about sharing our gifts in the world, those profound gifts that we're here to share, following our passions. That is what I've been doing over the last several years, and I'm so grateful that I have done so, that I've moved out of the boxes that I used to live in and moved into a sense of invincibility and serving with my gifts to help others to do the same, to share their gifts and their passions in the world and to make transformational changes for all by, by being brave, by being bold, by facing their fears and sharing their love, their gifts with the world. I'm so grateful to be part of this time. <laughs> 